Hi, welcome to Find My Next Office podcast. My name is Karina Irvin, and I'm the founder of Peninsula Commercial Real Estate Group. Each episode, I'm going to sit down with clients of mine to talk about their experience as an entrepreneur and also learn about their journey in finding their next office. Please enjoy this next episode, and thanks so much for listening. At the beginning of each episode, we talk about frequently asked questions in commercial real estate. Today, I'm going to talk about the difference between lease commencement date versus rent commencement date. Sounds simple enough, right? But I'll tell you, sometimes it can get complicated depending on when the space is actually ready for occupancy. So just in a simple definition, lease commencement is the date your lease starts. The rent commencement is the date that you start paying rent. However, I will tell you, rent commencement does not always necessarily occur on the same day as lease commencement. So for example, if you have a rent abatement period or a free rent period, then the rent commencement date may actually take place months after your lease commencement date. Also, depending on what is negotiated, the rent commencement can be pushed back based on several factors. And some of the factors would be delivery of premises by the landlord, who's actually doing the construction. Is it the landlord building or is it the tenant building? Uh, Permits, city obviously that could take a long time. And then there's other contingencies in the lease that have to be met before a lease commences. So I would say it's very important to pay attention to these factors and your commercial real estate broker or your attorney can obviously advise you on this. But yeah, so lease commencement, rent commencement could be different dates and just pay attention to your lease. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm so excited to have my friend and my client, Bilal Kaiser. Uh, I'll let Bilal talk about himself a little bit more later, but before that, let me begin by saying this guy is so accomplished. I, I don't even know where to start, um, but I'll start with saying that he is the founder and principal of a Los Angeles-based PR, influencer marketing, and events company that focuses on the beauty and the lifestyle industry. Um, he was also in marketing and PR at some of the top companies like Sony and L'Oreal, but also nonprofits like Big Brother, Big Sister Organization. He's launched some global campaigns and won some impressive awards from the PR Society of America and Muse Creative, just to name a few. But I would say even more impressive than all those accolades is really Bilal's heart. He is passionate about diversity and inclusion in the beauty and lifestyle space. He is part of a group called Beauty, Lifestyle, and Nurturing Diversity Initiative, which obviously we'd love to hear more about later because that's, uh, you know, Bilal and I are very um, passionate about that topic. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll delve into that more later. But Bilal, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And thank you for being here. Yeah, Karina, thank you so much for having me. What a great intro. I feel like you should be my publicist. You're so good at this. <laughs> yeah, you know, I my entire career has been marketing communications. And then after working at some of the companies you mentioned, I sort of had the itch to go the entrepreneurial route. So at the end of 2015, I left the corporate world. In 2016, I started Agency Guacamole. And over the last six years now, this is our sixth year in business, we've um, grown significantly. We have, you know, some of the biggest brands in the category, in the beauty and, and lifestyle category are our clients from my former employer that has brands like Heels and Redkin and Maybelline New York to um, independent brands like Malin and Getz and Murad. Um, we're really, you know, 
creating amazing campaigns for these brands that are doing great work in their categories. And then um, to your point about diversity and inclusion, you know, we started the Blend Initiative within Agency Guacamole in 2018 because I felt it was important to create a space for conversations around DNI to happen for professionals in our category. And then with everything that happened since, you know, 2020 to now, it's only become bigger and more exciting. And I can talk more about that later. And I think that, you know, what brought this conversation for you and me to life, as the business has grown, our needs for office spaces have grown and evolved with them. And that's so interesting to think about and talk about. Um, but, it, you know, from an emotional perspective, the office is such a such an anchor of your business in so many ways. With before or during or after COVID, it has like a, a really like special space, I think, in a lot of entrepreneurs' hearts. So very happy to talk about that as well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's dive right into a little bit of your background. So obviously, as an entrepreneur, it's a hard journey. It's not for everybody, especially given our background being Asian, right? So a lot of your our family members probably want you to, all of us, to be like doctors and lawyers and very traditional routes. Um, so tell us a little bit about what motivated you to start off on your own and be an entrepreneur. Yeah, good point about the doctors and lawyers. I don't think my parents... Definitely didn't know before. They maybe know a little bit more about what PR even is. I'll sometimes send them a clipping or a client placement we'll get. And my mom will ask it like our chat group. Oh, did you write the article? No, ma'am. <laughs> Not a writer. <laughs> um, but in any case, I think what the, from an entrepreneurial perspective, there were two things that were really um, important for my journey. One was my dad actually is an entrepreneur himself. So watching him build his own company and the learnings that he took being an entrepreneur was really inspiring for me. And it showed me that despite traditional expectations of careers within my culture, within our you know, collective Asian American communities, there were other ways to build a life for yourself. And the other part of it was corporate America is not always easy. Working on the brand side for these companies can take a lot out of you. And um, I just, I couldn't see myself doing that for like, 30, 40, 50 years of my life. And I, I was at a place uh, where I was able to take a risk and try something new at the end of 2015, like I was saying. And I said, look, if everything fails, I'll just have to find a job and make it happen. Luckily, it didn't or hasn't failed yet, knock on wood. But um, that's sort of how the entrepreneurial chapter of my career started. I love that comment, though, about not be this, the corporate structure doesn't always work for, uh, you know, for everybody. And I am definitely a product of that as well, leaving a corporate commercial real estate company. I would also say that now more than ever, it's very important to have people that look like you on the other side of the table. Our clients 100%. aren't always right. And so we need to represent what the clients are as well. And I think you're you know, a good representation of that in the beauty industry and in the social media and the lifestyle. So kudos to you. Yeah, thanks. And actually, I'm glad you said that because that was one of the reasons um, when I started Blend, uh, what you're saying was one of the reasons for starting it. So for example, it's very easy for a company, you know, in any category on their Instagram page to have an African-American model, an Asian model, um, a, a LGBT, non-binary, whatever. And yet the people that are perhaps designing these campaigns, the vendors they're working with, the people taking the photos, the people writing the scripts, all the behind the scenes really oftentimes are the same people and they look the same and there's not a lot of diversity there. And that's why for me, it was important to say, all right, if we acknowledge that there's more work to be done in this on this topic, um, how do we create more uh, representation behind the camera on the marketing PR teams, product development, um, you know, sales, fulfillment, you name it, so that it's not so much that we're, it comes across as we're pandering to communities and just putting them as marketing you know, images, but more so saying that 
to use, you know, um, hair example, if we want to create a product for hair that works for curly, uh, textured hair, maybe for African-Americans who have specific type of hair, shouldn't the people creating those products know about that firsthand and be able to speak and create products directly to that? And that's just one example, right? And I will say a lot of companies have made great strides. I think there's still a lot of work to be done. But, um, but the fact that we can have a small piece of that conversation through Blend and our amazing partners, um, it's really been a privilege and a, an amazing passion project uh, that I've been able to bring to life. That's awesome. So since our podcast is Find My Next Office, can you tell us a little bit about your first office and kind of your transition from that to the next one and ultimately you know, where you and I uh, have found your amazing space, which we'll talk about shortly? Yeah. So my first office was... Uh, my guest room at my home, <laughs> as you know, or second was a lot of people have. So just um, working, you know, from there, it was very, very scary at first, but I think it was important to build a space and environment that felt like an office to go to every day. And then I also had someone who, um, a dear friend now, but she was a former student at the time, and she sort of became my first, like, you know, right-hand person, if you will. And so our office was at the Starbucks um, at, in downtown Culver City. We would... <laughs> Meet there once a week, twice a week, and literally work out of there. And it was it was such a moment. And then I remember the first time we actually had to like lease office space. We found a space in Culver City. Queen, I don't think I ever told you this story. It was like maybe five hundred to a thousand dollars a month, which felt like such a big amount at the time <laughs> to have to commit to that for a physical space. Um, obviously, you know. I'm privileged enough to be in a much different space from a business perspective so we can have, you know, a bigger space. But it was such a moment. But I think the, the value there was when you're building a business, it's so important to have that anchor, that space that is really about the business. A home office, yes, of course, it's important and is valuable. But I think like as your team grows and as your business grows, particularly in my category, communications, PR, marketing, um, you need a space that becomes the hub for all the spokes that connect out of it. So whether it's a, a space for teams to meet, a space for event staging, product fulfillment, you name it. And then um, there was a little twist in our office plan. So as we continue to grow, uh, one of the opportunities I identified in our category and what I think makes us different from a typical PR agency is that with our influencer campaigns, we create these amazing campaigns, uh, the brief, the strategy, the casting, the, the contracts, all that stuff. But then our clients would hand off the fulfillment piece to a third-party fulfillment warehouse, and they would send the actual boxes to the end recipients. But the unboxing experience wasn't that great. The social content we get from it wasn't that compelling. So we said, you know what? Why don't we create our own warehouse <laughs> in addition to an office? So now, from an office's perspective, we also had to think about what a warehouse looks like, a structure of the ins and out of, outs of it, things like you know, roll-up doors and ramps and open space, et cetera. So that was 2018, and now what that offers to our clients is a one-stop shop. So we do the campaign, the strategy, but also the physical fulfillment so we can receive pallets and products and handle everything in-house. The challenge from an office space perspective is how do you find a space that can accommodate both? A large, open, amazing warehouse space, but also cool, fun, modern office space. And I think we got that with our um, with what you found us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Which I think brings us to the topic of your current space. So Bilal has this amazing flex very cool, very creative space in West Adams, which is an up and coming area in Los Angeles, if not already there. Uh, a That's lot of so people hot. have been, yeah, absolutely. And I think before the pandemic, West Adams was the hottest area because people have been priced out of Culver City with all the movie studios moving there. And so what is the next, uh, you know, kind of next creative environment? And that's West Adams. And 
Uh, since the pandemic, I think it's kind of calmed down a little bit, which brings us to a perfect opportunity for Bilal to find this amazing uh, flex space, which flex space, just for our listeners who don't know, is basically a warehouse space that's also could be used as an office. So it's kind of a hybrid of both. And the, the space that we found Bilal is creative, but also it has an outdoor space, a standalone building, you know, very unique features that you don't always find. Um, and I think given the current kind of phase in the market, industrial properties are the hottest asset class, right? And so we were competing against, you know, other office users who are also wanting to be in that space as opposed to in the past, they would be in a more traditional office and make it work that way. Tell us a little bit more about this amazing space that you're in now. I know we're in, you know, construction phase. Yeah. Tell, it's, a, it's an amazing space. So tell us about it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You, even the journey to find it. Karina, you and I have known each other for several years. I think we've been aggressively looking for a new space for almost, we were looking for almost a year, I think, right? It's so hard to find the right blend. So I think what was compelling about this space, to your point, it's flex, it's open, it has built-in offices that are flexible, but a large enough warehouse space that can grow with us. You know, commercial leases are usually, what, three, five, ten years. Knowing that we'll get, we're going to be here for several years, we wanted to make sure it was a space that could grow with us. So that was really important um, because the warehouse space in particular at our current office was uh, their burst to get the seams. They need space. They needed space yesterday. So that's going to be great to accommodate. I think we're in an interesting space with COVID and the new work model, office model, meaning mostly hybrid, right? So our, we're not going to go 100% full-time in the office um, as a lot of companies aren't either. So really thinking about is can this space accommodate you know people in the office two, three times a week versus five, five times a week while also making sure the warehouse has what they need to do their jobs. The space on its own, you know, there's a lot of cool features, like you said, Karina. I think some of the basics that were important to us were conference rooms, private offices, but also really good open open spaces. And I love that it's a standalone building. We have a little courtyard out front and we're actually doing some, you know, landscaping there, which is cool. But what are they called? Bow trust ceilings, which are awesome. And just like good energy. It's like good flow. Amazing. And it has the all the features of a creative space, you know, your polished concrete, which I heard has turned out well, I'm going to visit it shortly, your high ceilings, you know, your open kitchen, all that you said, I think is really very much like your creative office space. And I think will really foster creativity for you and your team. So I'm excited for you. A lot of lessons learned from process of over a year of looking for space. Each episode, I ask guess the same three questions, which I think will be helpful for our listeners. Number one, give us uh, one piece of advice from your office space search experience that can help someone else as they go through that process. The first answer, I think, is to have a good partner like you, Karina. I, I feel like you and I work well together. You're super fast, responsive. You're on it. I think this property, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. You can edit me out if it's not, but it was actually off market, but we were able to like navigate it and really get what we wanted, even if it wasn't fully listed. Um, so I appreciated that. I appreciated your guidance. There were so many things I didn't know that you helped educate me on. I would say the second answer is really being open and flexible. So that is on everything from what you might imagine your space to be versus what it is now. So really being like creative, like, okay, if the structure is there, we can build it out to be what we want. If the neighborhood is there, we can build it out to what we want. Because not, it's I have not, in my journey, seen a space that 100% fit what I was imagining. You really have to work to, to make it that. Um, even like neighborhoods that you might not have considered, considered features, et cetera. Um, yeah, flexibility and the right partner would be my answers. You know, That's great advice. And absolutely, it was an off-market deal. So relationships do matter, right? So number two, what is your favorite entrepreneurial book to read? Yeah, you know, anything by Seth 
Godin, Matt from Gladwell. I especially like um, Simon Sinek's Start With Why. From a branding communications perspective, it's you know the theory of the golden circle, where you're not just selling a product, you're selling a story behind it. And that's really what we do in, at my company. We're always telling stories and helping connect with consumers, whatever channel they're on, in meaningful ways. For me, that's been re a really impactful um, book. Good books. I'm going to add that to my list. So last, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur is not always an easy journey. We all need to be surround ourselves with like-minded people and kind of keep the inspiration, the motivation, you know, going. So what is your favorite kind of quote that kind of keeps you, keeps forging along? Done is better than perfect because there's so many times where we want everything to be a hundred percent perfect, but that oftentimes delays things from ever getting out or getting done. And I've had to accept that, you know what, if something is 90, 95% there, it's okay to let it go and, and ship it versus stress out about um, the minutia that frankly, only I would notice. I love that. So true. Well, thank you so much, Bilal. You've been a pleasure to be on here. It's always great to see you. And I'm sure our guests have learned a lot from this podcast episode. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Karina. And thank you so much for your partnership. It was wonderful to meet you.